The Book Thingo podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and voices. This is episode 45, featuring Rachel Coates, Migs Almendras, Fred Law, and Salve Villarosa in Metro Manila. Bookfinger would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this episode was produced. We also acknowledge the contributions of Aboriginal Australians to our literary heritage. Welcome to the Book Thingo Podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Thingo Podcast. Welcome back to the Book Thingo Podcast. I'm Kat Mayo from bookthingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. You might remember that last year I interviewed author Mina Villasquera, who started the Hashtag Romance Class community. Romance Class is a group of authors and readers who discuss, write and celebrate their love of Filipino chiclet and contemporary romance. One of the most popular events run by the community are the live readings in which actors read extracts from books for a live audience. When I had the chance to go back to Manila this year, Mina organized something special for me. So the episode you're about to hear will be slightly different from our usual interviews. It features four of the romance class live reading actors. You'll find titles and more information about our guests in the show notes at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. Just click on episode number 45. Oh, and just a warning. Maybe don't listen to this episode at work or while operating heavy machinery. Boys Next Door by Miranda Silver Did you like it when my brother kissed you? His voice was low now too. Heat rushed to her cheeks. He told you? We don't have any secrets from each other. Ian's mouth was so close to her ear that his lips brushed her skin. He told me it was your first kiss. He squeezed her waist. And you're an innocent little girl who doesn't know what to do with boys. He pushed her wet hair off her face and gave it a tug. And you were all alone in your house, too scared to come to our party. Those are my secrets, she whispered. The air knocked out of her. Not Brendan's. <laughs> now they're mine too. He grinned at her. Anger and embarrassment stung her throat. Only one way with Ian, she reminded herself. Fight back and fight harder. She dug her fingers into his arms, gripping them as hard as she could. Why are you such an asshole, Ian? She snarled. Why are you such an uptight little priss? I'm not, she gritted between her teeth. Prove it. Oh, God. What was happening? She leaned forward. She, not Ian. As soon as her lips touched his, he pulled her closer with a low growl. Hi, uh, I'm Rachel, and uh, I am one of the romance class uh, readers. Uh, so I've been doing this for, how long have we been doing this? Two years, actually. I still remember the first time we actually read. It was the very, very first romance class reading with, with Gia Gohol, who couldn't be with us today. But uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to be here today with all of you guys. Um, hi, I'm Migs. People call me Migs in the romance class community. Kuya Migs, sometimes. I've been doing this for two years as well. The first time I read was in Trinoma, I believe. I think I've also done some book covers for them as well. So I wanted to ask you guys, 
Is it different to do the live readings from books than it is to do theatre production or other sort of voice acting? And in what ways are they similar or different? When you get into theatre, there's a lot of elements to it. Like, for example, you have to know how to move your body and you have to know like, how to project and things like that. Just the general basics of theatre. But what I loved about romance class readings and just reading for, for Mina and everybody in general was the fact that it took the things that I was best at in theatre and just reduce it to those elements. Like for example, and everybody who know, works with me knows that I've always had a trouble with uh, utilizing my body on stage, but I was always top of the class when it came to text work and script readings. So I feel like, yeah, I feel really comfortable and in my element when I'm doing romance class readings because it's all brilliant text work and it, I, I was always surprised by how well it translated into reading because you know when you read something, usually it just works on the page. But when you read aloud, it just gets that much more, you know, involving and cool. I think it's very different in terms of script reading because in script reading, you don't need to read the stage directions. So let's say Miguel picks up a glass of water. You don't need to say that. But for this, even the narration plays a part when, while we're reading it. So that's very different for me. And when you read those things, it adds to the performance of it. So that's something that I find very different comparing that to theater. And likewise, sometimes it's... You, what you're doing on stage when you're finally reading it live, it's very different from the way you rehearsed it. Very different. What impact does the audience have on live readings? What's the interaction between yourself and the audience when you do one of these events? Okay, because um, before we do romance class events, we usually do a 15-minute rehearsal before that. And... Uh, it's always so surprising because you go into the rehearsal, you read the material like, okay, this is how it's going to be. But then you go in front of an audience and their reaction, it's just like, it's a thing where it's, you're ping-ponging the emotions back between each other. You know, you hear them gasp at certain parts so you know when to slow down. You know, uh, you know, having an audience to respond to whatever you're doing on the stage with the material, it feels good because you know that the authors, you know, uh, when they're writing this stuff, you're expecting that your audience will be sitting in a chair, you know, reading a book. But to hear, like, a feedback, like, from the moment itself, like, you're reading it and you get an immediate response, I can't imagine how that, how that must feel, you know, as an author, to have that. So, yes, so cool. What she said is actually true because you have to milk it from them. So at a certain time that... Okay, I'm going to read it like this. Then people are starting to get killing already. Okay, I'm going to read it like this. <laughs> so you feed from the audience and some. And I think it's in that aspect similar to theater already. I mean, every performance that we do, even if I read the same thing again, next time around in a different event, in a different venue, it's going to be different depending on how the audience reacts, if they understand it, if they're fans of it. Because there are people who are actually fans of the material that they're reading and they're reacting in ways that, why are they reacting like that? And then you figure out, oh, because they have this context already that I don't know because I haven't really read it fully. So, yeah. Painfully aroused, she raked her nails down his back and bit his lower lip. Hard. Fuck, yes. He muttered. Diana's head swam as he sucked on her neck. I knew you had it in you. Keeping one powerful arm around her waist, he cut through the water with the other, swimming softly to the far end of the pool. Diana could only hang on to his shoulders as he maneuvered her backward. Shrouded in darkness at the back of the pool, Ian's head blocked out the pinpoints of light on the patio. Diana couldn't see his features or his expression. She could only feel the power in his body as he grabbed the rim of the pool with his right hand and engulfed her lips again. 
His muscle bulk pressed her firmly against the side of the pool. Her arms clung to his neck. What was going on between their mouths could only be described as making out. And, oh, Jesus. His left hand was roaming all over her body, squeezing and pinching her flesh in a way that should leave her feeling completely violated, but just spread fire wherever he touched. She pulled back from his thrusting tongue, gasping for breath. Ian didn't make it easy for her, keeping her lower lip between his teeth for a long second before he let go. Stop it, she hissed. Stop making fun of me. I know you don't really want me. Her cheeks were crimson. Her stomach turned somersaults and her pussy ached with arousal. He was too close and it was too dark and she was too excited and angry to even think about the crushing shyness getting in the way. In response, Ian grabbed her hand and pressed it over the hard bulge bursting through his swim trunks. Stunned and more than a little curious, Diana squeezed instinctively before she pulled her hand away. Right. He grunted. I don't want you keep thinking that. You're just playing with me. This couldn't be real. Her buzzing head, her warm, heavy body, Ian's hand and mouth everywhere again as the water lapped around them. Maybe I'm just pissed Brennan got here first. Ian rasped in her ear. Did you think about that? And either he's been lying to me, or you've been lying to him. You know what to do with a boy. Fuck you, she gasped. Was this conversation even happening? Was any of this happening? Ask nicely. So over the course of the number of events that you guys have done, some of the material has gotten a more risque. And I think also in the romance class community, the authors have been willing to be more adventurous when it comes to the sexy scenes in books. What's that experience like? Back when we were doing this in Podium with Gia, um, the things that I, we would be given was that the farthest it would go was probably a making out scene. And it was interesting, you know, but to see how over the two years we've developed, the authors have developed, you know, uh, and I'm seeing material by LGBTQ authors and, you know, just seeing how everybody has developed in that way and worked their way up to more risque material, it's humbling, it's amazing to see all of this happening. Uh, and I know that it wasn't a very fast journey, you know, we, we, we do work based in the Philippines and it's like society still hasn't, you know, come to accept lots of elements of the uh, romance class, <laughs> the romance class has come to adapt, you know, and uh, assimilate to, but the fact that we are moving on, it, it gives me hope, you know. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, it's just really fun when we get got to that point, that particular point in Commune. It's, yeah. it's one of those things. It's very different. I mean, we got used to the reading materials that are cute, um, makes your heart race, kind of uh, cuddle, kiss, you know, hugging, just being together, holding hands. Before that, the bedroom door, Before, right? yeah. before that part. So it's a nice step. And... I mean, from there on, what else can they do? That's beyond those typical... Okay, uh, that's a challenge to the authors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is actually. Guys, let's go. I don't, I don't know where you have people in carriages, something like that. That wasn't a Philippine author, uh, but Philippine it was, uh, it was, it was something part that of we the, explored, yeah, explored for sure. So I think that's something to look forward to. This is a question that I've asked other readers on Twitter, and I'm going to ask it from you guys. Is there a difference between saying sexy or rude words in English 
versus Tagalog? Well, you know, and there, there are psychological studies that say that you're a different person when you speak Tagalog, you're a different person when you speak English. I'm super, yeah, that is so accurate for me when it comes to Balbal language. And um, I found that it's a lot easier for me to say, um, you know, to swear in Tagalog than it is for me to swear in English. But yeah, I think it's just a different personality type thing. Not necessarily that it's, you know, bad to say either, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I think it's the way how the words come out. Because certain Filipino words come out really as uh, strong, or when it's how you break it down per syllable, it's different compared to if you say something sexy or whatever. Compared to Filipino words, some and they would say bastos sometimes, but not all the time. So it really depends on how you say it. Because there are ways that even if it's a Filipino word, I can still say it in a way that you know people would say still think that okay, I like it, not bad, it's cute. No. I love how we answered this question without mentioning a single rude word. <laughs> is it competitive between you guys in terms of getting a reaction out of the audience? Uh, I'm among the boys, For me, definitely. I don't feel it. Because I think people have different styles. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, we, yeah, people know, I have fun. You boys compete a lot. <laughs> so I don't mean to say compete as in like, you know, like dirty competition. It's more like, is it like a friendly rivalry sort of thing where you try to one-up each other. I don't feel that. For me, in my really? case. I no, because I know I cannot really? beat Gio when it comes to, I know, stripping or doing something on stage. I can't yeah, beat them stripping. with that. I can't beat Fred with being, you know, cute and things like that. I can beat them with voices, maybe, but, you know... It's, ah, so you it's, have your own personal yeah, style. Yeah, so I think it's style. Example, for the girls, you have Grey is very different from these two, so... Are there any types of scenes or characters or situations that you would like to read that hasn't been read before in romance class? I know, Rachel, you mentioned LGBT type stories. Yeah. Actually, my girlfriend's one of the other readers here. Her name's Samantha, but she's not here today. But I just feel like we're moving in that direction. I, I felt so happy that I didn't have to push it in that direction. It just, it, it just evolved naturally that we're getting more guy-guy and girl-girl readings. But uh, yeah, I, if, if I can request... I'd like to see more diversity in that aspect. Obviously, I feel more comfortable reading FF uh, literature, but yeah, I can totally adapt to reading with Migs or with, with Fred. It's not a problem at all. Escaping Mr. Wright. By Avril Tremaine. A whimper. That was all I could manage. Ask me to kiss you. He breathed against my lips. Tell me to. But I couldn't speak. I was both hot and frozen. Poised. Waiting, wondering, caught between guilt and desire. My hand, the one he'd flattened over his heart, was clutching his t-shirt now, twisting in it. I should not be doing this. Oh, but I want it. I want it. No? He asked and laughed softly. <laughs> Stubborn. And then he shifted to my top lip, licked it over and over and over, breathing out words in between. Come on, Chloe. Ask me. Tell me. Say it. And then, hovering, hovering. I can't finish it until you do. Everything in me coiled. I was panting, twisting both hands in his t-shirt now. No? He asked again against my mouth. I shook my head, then whimpered once more, as that slight movement rubbed my lips against his and brought his taste more deeply into me. So, if you won't open your mouth to me, open your legs. 
Just a little. I need to be there. And for reasons I did not understand at all, I did it. I shifted my feet and he edged into me between my thighs. And boy, did he fit like a puzzle piece slipping right into the space. Ah, the tortured sound sighed out of me at the same time as I reached my hands up, dragged his head down and jammed his mouth onto mine. It still wasn't exactly a kiss. It was a crush, mouth to mouth, breath to breath, tongues battling the fill and lick and taste. It was about heat and hardness and demand. And as he responded to the desperation of my hungry mouth, he growled low in his throat, his arms closing around me like a vice, his pelvis grinding against me. My blood was roaring as I pushed my body against his. God, God, I am so hot. You are. He said, mouth breaking from mine. Hot as hell. Another deep, dark kiss. Cold as ice. Kiss, kiss, kiss. And that's why I want you so badly. Hi, um, my name is Fred Law, and I'm a theater actor. I've been one for around eight years now. And yeah, I'm out of everyone here, I'm the newest addition to uh, the romance class readers. So, Hi, I'm Salve, and I think it's been a year, or a little over a year, um, when I started reading for the romance class community. I think we were, me and Herb Alvarez were the second pair to join after Rachel and Gio. Yeah, like, Rachel, I started off doing the YA section of romance class books, and, like, I think the most I ever did as a YA reader was, like, a first kiss scene. So to go from, like, a first kiss scene to, like, a scene that is definitely not their first kiss um, was very fun and very interesting to see. And I mean, I feel like, I don't know, whenever I say, like, sexier things in English, I feel like there's a still a distance between, a, between me and that language. Whereas if I say something in Philippine, I'm like, oh, that's... That's me. <laughs> That's like, I think I'm very much culturally still Filipino. And so like, I don't know, reading in English feels like I'm watching a movie or quoting a movie from Hollywood versus, you know, doing an indie film in Philippine. So Fred, Meeks said that there was no one-upmanship between the men who read for the romance class community. What is your personal opinion about that? Um, well, no, not really. I don't think there's like a, there's like rivalry. I think it's more of we kind of push each other to be better. You know, every time we start a reading, we always just try and do our best. And uh, when we, whenever we watch each other, we're just like, wow, that was good. You know, I really got to up my game for the next one. It, it, but it's more of that. It's, it, there's really, it's all healthy, right? Right, Meeks? <laughs> <laughs> Having done a few of these readings now, I've noticed there are some readings that are more sort of internal monologues. There are other readings that are more rich in dialogue. Are there particular types, types of scenes um, in your experience that work better for live readings or that you prefer personally? Actually, uh, when we started out in Podium, I noticed that a lot of the readings were mostly internal monologues. And as an actor, you know, when you, when you receive material like that, it's a lot, well, it's more fun to play with because, you know, um, it's up to you to, to paint the scene yourself. You can't read stage directions or what's happening outside because everything is you. But recently, when our pool of actors grew and our pool of readers grew, it's so much more fun to bounce off of each other and to work with, a, with the author herself, you know, um, get the true colors of the character out onto the stage. So, yeah, I feel like that's part of the romance class's development as well. The fact that uh, we're seeing so much richer dialogue and uh, the fact that it translates so well to the stage is just great. 
Um, my favorite would be probably when we swap perspectives from female to male and back to female or to male. Because I think in that way I get to feed off my partner on stage, how she read it. So that's one of the things I like reading on Romans Pass. I mean, I love doing the dialogue scenes too, just because I think you get to play up the relationship with both actors on stage. But at the same time, I think that doing the internal monologue stuff, like, I think gives me a better insight into the character. And so I think, like, the characters I've loved reading and performing are the ones who had, like, heavy internal dialogue. I think one that stands out is, like, from Chocolate Chip Hips. That's still my favorite, and it was, like, the, one of the first ones I did, and I still love it. They basically said everything, but yeah, the dialogues are always fun because, as you know, um, in terms of live readings, it's always good to see two people talk. But I think most of the material that I've read so far are basically about the girls and all their thoughts, and I think it's good to have a mix of that in every live reading because, uh, you know, um, with dialogue you get to see the interaction between the two, and then with the um, with the monologue you get to understand what the girl is thinking within that scene and you know like you get a dialogue and an explanation in one so it's really a mix I don't think I prefer one over the other because they're all really nice ways of telling the story we are once again at the end of an episode but you should know that we recorded a few more readings from the romance class actors so subscribe to iTunes now because you don't want to miss the next episode Huge thanks to our ever-patient audio producer, Rudy Bremer, who had some tricky audio challenges for this recording. Thanks also to the authors who gave us permission to read from their work, both of which I loved. Miranda Silva is the author of The Boys Next Door, an erotic new adult romance. Avril Tremaine is the author of Escaping Mr. Wright, which incidentally is set both in Sydney and Manila. Escaping Mr. Wright won the Ruby Awards this year for Best Long Romance and Romantic Book of the Year. Now, we had an amazing response to our previous episode featuring Dr. Lauren Rosewarn. Miranda Silver tweeted that there are so many things I love about this podcast. It is excellent. I kept nodding along as I listened. Katrin, a regular listener of this podcast, thank you, Katrin, tweeted that she loved the episode, saying... I'm sure I could sit down with Lauren and ask a million questions. Fascinating stuff. Rudy was definitely right with her view that Lauren needed to be on the pod. Yes, in case you're wondering, Rudy is very pleased with herself and I do not begrudge her at all. Mina Viasquera recommended a movie called Obvious Child. It incorporates abortion in the plot and still gives the couple a happy ending. I'll include links in the show notes which you can find at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast, just click on episode 45. Remember, if you have feedback or suggestions, send me a tweet at bookthingo or email me at podcast at bookthingo.com.au. Tell me what you thought of the live readings and whether or not they convinced you to buy the book. In the next episode, I talk to April and Chachik, two Filipino bloggers who have lived through the live readings. We talk about the thrill of hearing your favorite books read aloud and being part of a community that celebrates romance fiction. In the meantime, please visit us at bookfingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading. <laughs> <laughs>